Okay, welcome to this week's uh, podcast, and this is the ones uh, or these sort of podcasts I enjoy the most because this is a Hear From a Leader Day, and uh, I'd like to welcome uh, Mark Dingley. Mark is the CEO of Matthews Australasia, so uh, good to chat to you, Mark. Welcome aboard. Thanks, Mike. Looking forward to the session. So uh, we're pretty pretty punchy, so um, what we're going to do is sort of open up with just hearing your, your journey, uh, perhaps uh, for a few minutes, your, your um, what got you to your leadership role today. Um, and then we've got a sort of a two-parter on um, leadership and strategy questions. So the strategy questions are about a little bit about Matthews and, um, you know, positioning and, and all that sort of stuff from a strategic uh, perspective. And then some leadership questions about you and um, and your thoughts. So, uh I'll start with the easy one, and that is uh, tell tell the listeners a little bit about your journey. What got you to um, you know the CEO of of a, a, well a great company, a, a family family business company? You can talk about it, what it does, but what got you to where you are today? It's uh, lonely at the top, so um, I'm sure that's been a, a interesting path. Yeah, it certainly has. And uh, look, my uh, I, I got to thank uh, I got to thank the mentors and and certainly the owner of Matthews, uh, Lester. I've been actually with Matthews for twenty eight years. I started uh, I started on the phones in customer service. So while uh, while I've only been with one you know with one company as such, I've had plenty of opportunities throughout uh, this business to uh, to develop my skills and learn my trade, so to speak. And, you know, the benefit of being with one company, uh, I get to know every single facet of that business uh, in, you know, probably several jobs uh, later. Yes, uh, I ended up, you know, in the in the chair of, of CEO and uh, it has been a fantastic ride. And, and I certainly have to give credit to uh, to Lester, the owner of the business, for, uh, for his uh, insights, his wisdom and uh, his mentorship. And uh, he saw something in, in, a, in a young me 28 years ago that uh, he's nurtured through that journey. Yeah, and uh, certainly knowing you through the Mind Shop network as well, you um, uh, certainly, yeah, well chosen. But, you know, to credit to yourself, and, and it's unusual, you don't see it often these days where someone is with the one organisation for so long. I mean, it's uh, it's rare, I guess, has its its pluses and minuses, like like people who chop and change have, have pluses and minuses. But so from answering the phone, answering the phones from customers, and you're probably still doing a bit of that today anyway, as CEO, you probably still talk to them. Any sort of sort of chess moves along the way that um, you know, assume you just didn't go from there to, to CEO. No, no, certainly, you know, Matthews is you know is focused on you know we're an identification and inspection technology business to Australian manufacturers, so heavily sales and service orientated, uh, as well as systems integration for solutions. So. My journey has been, you know, through the various uh, commercial and technical um, elements of the business. So that I think has been a really well-rounded um, roles for me through that process. And I think uh, also at the same time as I sort of uh, worked the way through the various ranks in management, the opportunities provided, you know, through external mentorship as well that was provided to me. Uh, I also got engaged very, very early on in industry associations, of which today I'm also the chairman of the Australian Packaging and Processing Machinery Association. So while I've only been at one company as such, 
the external engagement uh, that has been afforded to me and, and the time to allow me to go out into the you know into the world and 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 uh, be on a you know on external boards and uh, and participate like uh, APMA uh, has certainly provided me that uh, that additional you know rounding that I wouldn't have got just uh, just staying you know within the four walls of Matthews. That's true. And look, you know, I hope my fingers are crossed that most people who listen to this um, podcast are, are in leadership roles. We, we did some testing a few years ago and of who listens and it seems to be that type of demographic. But you seem to find leaders find the time for those sorts of things. So, you know, it's not just being a leader of an organisation like Matthews. It's, it's like you say, it's industry associations. They just seem to find the time to put in outside the business and yeah, it's an all too common thing. Yeah, key to my development success was, uh, you know, being part of a, an industry associations that uh, yeah, give you another angle of how to, um, and then ultimately these days, you know, as chairman of uh, of the AWPMA, it's you know there's there's ten other people on the board, independent uh, directors on that board, voted by the industry. So it does give you, you know, um, a different dynamic uh, and level of engagement that you need to develop as a, as a leader. And, and which you just got voted in yourself, if I remember rightly. Yeah, yeah. got uh, So 20, 22 years I've been on the board. So as I said, it was a big part of my development very early on. I was given that opportunity. And, um, yeah, so it's uh, it's been terrific. And, and, you know, being involved in the industry association and really sh- shaping the industry and uh, the you know the significant wins that we've had there as well was uh, it's, it's been really rewarding. I highly recommend it. I think you know as you say, you pick up so much knowledge from from your peers in the industry that you don't get internally, but also like yourself, you're learning chairmanship roles, uh, chairmanship skills. Sorry, um, you know board skills, all, all all those wider skills that um, just do so well. For, you know for anyone's career. Yeah, that's true. And uh, yeah, and then having your individual uh, mentors as well, and and a big rap for, you know, Mindshop has played a, a very important part of my development. Uh, you know, the last decade plus now, uh, yeah. and the tools that that are used, uh, you know, commonly used within Matthews, uh, all have uh, Mindshop roots. Yeah, no, terrific. I no, appreciate that. All right, so we'll get into, uh, again, the type of, we understand people who listen to this podcast for either in leadership roles or probably a bit of interest in strategy as well. So that's why we sort of blend some of the questions to the leaders around that side of the, the, the podcast. So we might bump into, say, Matthews and, and its strategic positioning. So tell us a little bit more about what, what it actually does in layman's terms. So not everyone sort of knows just sort of identification that. So just tell us a little bit more, you know, what's its core product? Yeah, look, I'll start with the real basics. It's uh, think of the humble use-by date and barcodes that people take for granted on their products. We know them, yep, throwing stuff out all the time. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one. Well, without Matthews, uh, I was saying no code, no product. So that if you want to go to the heart of what identification is, we put the use-by dates, best before codes on and batch codes onto uh, pro- products. So you're familiar with the, the milk uh, used by date. And then uh, importantly, all of the uh, the hardware and the software that integrates the production lines to connect the production line to, to customers' ERP systems. So uh, whether that be ERP or, or warehouse management systems that uh, ensure the right code gets on the right product at the right time. 
And then all the uh, product uh, assurance measures, you know, checkways, metal detectors, x-rays, that does all the product uh, assurance testing to make sure that that product is is safe uh, to consume. So uh, that at, at, at the root is what Matthews does. Mm, in- integral in food security, traceability, all those things that we all want these days. So Correct, yeah. So in strategy, when we run strategy sessions, we always ask businesses now to articulate their business purpose or why they exist. In the old days, I think in the 90s, you're probably not old enough, in the 90s, we used to call them mission statements, but we used to say, well, who, was it? who actually said they're on a mission? I don't think we are. You know, that's for the army, isn't it? So, so we talk about the why or the purpose of a business. So what's Matthew's purpose? Yeah, quite simply, our enduring purpose is to enable our customers to provide their consumers with products safely and efficiently. Terrific. So it cuts to the number of uh, identification and uh, yeah, getting the product there efficiently, barcodes, no holdups with not having use-by dates, and safely is all about the quality assurance. Yeah, and I think the good thing about purpose statements, the test is that over time they'll never change, even if technology changes or how you do it changes, and I think that's all one stands the test of time. So... And keep it simple. Yeah, that's it. So people can understand it. So exactly right. right. The other, when we look at strategy, the other bit of success in any business is be very clear on the the chosen market you play in. You know, some people call it the sand pit that you're in. So you know, good strategy is always what you say no to or who you say no to. What, what's Matthew's chosen market? Who do you play best with? We play best with Australian manufacturers so that need to identify their product you know, for traceability and inspection purposes for their quality requirements. Um, predominantly, we're in food and beverage, but um, you know, across the across the uh, the industries, you know, we play in in um, industrial, so metal, timber, you know, pharmaceutical as well, and logistics. Uh, so yeah, you know, it really boils down to Australian manufacturers that uh, need to identify their products for traceability and inspection purposes. Yeah, terrific. And you know, last uh, strategy question: What's your sustainable competitive advantage, um, or you know, some people call it unique selling proposition, or you know, how do you win? How do you beat your competitors yep. and be yeah. successful? Well. Uh, any good SCA starts with we will win by, <laughs> yep, yep. and uh, we we will certainly win by leveraging our expertise in in identification and inspection technologies through industry leading software, service, and support twenty four seven. Okay. That's our key uh, SCA. Yeah. Okay. So I'm hearing there, you know, knowledge, expertise, keeping ahead of the pack, and just keeping up, you know, not keeping up to date. I suppose keeping ahead of of trends and all yeah. that sort of stuff to help your customers. Yeah, and and the service that supports, you know, um, Australian manufacturers don't work nine to five. Neither do we. So, um, you know, service and support capabilities twenty four seven is is key. We want to be known in the industry as providing the best service and support. Terrific. Well, for all those people listening who want to know more about strategy, forget the theory, there's the practice from Mark. So uh, living and breathing some of those questions. So we might uh, flip to leadership now and talk about your leadership. You're the CEO at Matthews Australasia. So a few leadership questions. Your role models, you know, role model leaders, they could be ones that you haven't met, ones you've met, you know, who are they and, and why are they role models for you? Yeah, it's a, it's a challenging question, though, because from my standpoint, yeah, my journey over the last 25-plus years in, in various um, management and leadership roles, yeah, it's probably, it's, you know, it's varied a lot. If I sit back now and think about it, it's, it's, uh, it's been an ongoing journey for me and, and inspiration, I think, for many people. 
both people we know and people we don't know, you know, yep. the, the, just the mentors, the ones that provide, uh, you know, that sound, sage knowledge at times that, uh, you know, you look back on and reflect and, and don't think much of at the time, but uh, what a profound impact they, they've had on my journey. You know, of course, you know, the big the big names, Simon Sinek, yep. you know, I've always I've always resonated, you know, with the, you know, the inspiration of the why. Yep. But then more recently, um, I've really, you know, enjoyed the infinite game. Yep. You know, um, John Sutherland has uh, has my ear at the moment and uh, and eyes at night with uh, with Agile and, and we're doing a lot of work at Matthews at Scrum at the moment. And and even there's another podcast, if I can shout out with another podcast, I, I love listening to yours, but I'm, I'm hooked at the moment on uh, your CEO mentor, right. uh, Martin Moore, an Australian that's now in, in America. Uh, and, you know, just getting some really good uh, inspiration uh, and his podcast is called The No Bullshit Leadership. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's just, you know, I'm getting some really good uh, down-to-earth, um, you know, inspiration on a weekly basis from that as well. So really it's, you know, it, it's a culmination of uh, an inspiration from many people over many, you know, both, you know, written form, podcast form um, and just, you know, People you meet and greet, and uh, you take that uh, you know that, that that those inspirations into uh, into account. Yeah, no, the agile stuff um, we've spoken on these podcasts. Jeff Sutherland's really good stuff. Um, I've made a note of was it the bullshit leader? I like that. Uh, no bullshit leader. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. not the bullshit no, leader. No bullshit. <laughs> no bullshit leader. No bullshit leadership. It's actually, yeah, as I said, I'm pretty hooked on that at the moment. Yeah, we, we, we need those in politics, I think. And um, the uh, and the other one I always like. I don't know if you listen to uh, is extreme ownership. Jocko Willing. And um, yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, they're very good. They probably go on a bit too long for my liking. They just ramble on for quite yeah. some time. But um, uh, Leaf Babin, that's is the other guy. But um, extreme ownership principles are really good. So, um, but uh, no, that's and that's been my other and that's been my other learning. Sorry, Mike. Yeah. There is just you know the travel into work now. Now that we're actually going back to work, really yeah. got into the habit of um, you know just the podcasts going into work. And yes, and. That's the other thing I like about No Bullshit Leadership. It's uh, they're only 15, 20 minute podcasts, so Perfect. I can usually get a cup. I can usually get a couple in every morning, and uh, and that really just gets me on the right foot every you know each morning. It's uh, it's yeah, it's it's pretty good. That's good. No, I've uh, made a note of that. I'm going to lock that in myself. So thank you for that. Um, second sort of leadership question. In hindsight, you know, look back. I, I always like in, in anything, leadership, business, anything. I always like to th- look back at. You know what worked, what didn't, and it's a great, they're great question, I think, for leaders as well. In your journey, what's worked for you and what hasn't? Look, I think what has worked, and it's worked for me when things hasn't worked, <laughs> is always keeping an open mind. I've always got a strong desire, and I think anyone that aspires to be good leaders is you never stop learning. There's always something that uh, you know you can learn uh, and unlearn as well. So, uh, so for me, that's uh, that's supported when things hasn't worked well, and, and clearly over my period of time, I've made plenty of mistakes, uh, but I've always taken stock of that and tried to learn and develop, and keep my personal journey, and, and then I think my team's journey, and I think that's the thing as well as what has worked is developing a very good team, moving forward, and that we, you know, that we work. We work on improving individually as well as a team-based, and I've got a very strong philosophy on that. 
that uh, you know that uh, as CEO, you know my 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 responsibility is providing values to my key stakeholders, and that's obviously business owners, but it's to the people at Matthews as well, and we do that through you know through strong team you know collaboration. I know if you were at one of the sessions, we uh, had a video of Dr. Margaret Heffernan from the University of Bath, and and she talked about, you know, humans are hopeless for predicting the future, and you know, you look at, you know, ten years ago, who, who apart from Bill Gates, I think no one predicted the pandemic. Uh, certainly, no economist did. But what we need now in in leadership and leadership teams is just a good set of well-stocked minds that can bat up to whatever's batted up to us, you know, because it just. It's just changing so rapidly everywhere and everything. Disruption, pandemics, U- Ukraine, Russia, uh, supply chain, it just goes on. So what you're saying before, investing in your team and your people, I think uh, is is really good. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and a, and a nod to, um, you know, the futurist Bernard Salt, yep. you know, pre, pre-COVID, there was a, in the Australian, actually, I think you might have shared this with me many years ago, is that uh, there was a yeah there was a editorial he did in the Australian and he talked about you know businesses should be focused on eliminating waste yep. being more automated more systemized more digitally connected that that certainly resonated with me and and we used that as part of our planning tool pre COVID now I don't know if uh, Bernard predicted uh, COVID but uh, those uh, those you know four or five key elements of eliminate waste, more automated, more systemized, more digitally connected could not have set us up no. better for COVID. No, I think I think what COVID did is, and I'm not in saying Matthew's case, but your case, but COVID I think rattled a lot into getting into that mode, which you you folks were already down that track. But I think COVID just fast tracked a lot of people that were in a slumber. Very much so. Mm. Um, Sort of a couple more leadership questions. Motivation. How do you keep your, t- you know, for the people listening in, how do you keep your team and yourself motivated? Yeah, from my perspective, I'd say I've always got a strong positive approach to the good and the bad. And uh, and something I learned, I think, very, very early on uh, in my career was keep daytight compartments. Uh, so don't let one challenge spill into another uh, as well. So don't let, uh, you know, multiple challenges that are happening simultaneously compound by bringing them all together. Uh, so, you know, being able to segment and, and deal with, uh, you know, things mutually exclusive, I've always been able to, to do that. And I think that's an important trait of a good leader. And, you know, so that's true, but always having that strong positive approach. I think from keeping my, you know, my team and people motivated, uh, I think good leadership is about having a good level of empathy always asking questions. I'm a big fan of informal conversations, walking around, you know. Um, I, I talk about, you know, people come to me and I say, so how's your day going? And and, and usually I get, uh, you know, it's all going well. And I say, so I come up and say, tell me something that's not going well. So tell me something I can do to help with because, you know, I think as CEO these days, you know, um, yeah, yeah, people just want to tell you all the good stuff. But, you uh, so ask the heart. Yeah, ask the ask the as I say the dumb questions at time. What's not going well? How can I help? I think you know it gives that you know the team motivated and and then you know that active listening and then providing the feedback uh, and uh, I think that's uh, you know that's important. I, I think you know keeping teams motivated and keeping people on track. You've got to have clear and concise goal settings. You know business plans. Providing and then providing, you know, giving giving the people the ownership, but also the accountability. Yeah. 
and then uh, and then always followed up with communication, communication, communication. Yep. Yep. No sound advice, and uh, I know in getting back to you, how's your day going? And coaching you when you say how's it going, the people go, oh, I'm fine. You go, but how's it really going? <laughs> <laughs> you just just screw your nose up as you say it, and uh, oh well, let me tell you. <laughs> so, um, but at least you're in a position you can do something then. Yeah, exactly right, exactly right. Everyone, uh, there's always issues where where we need help, and we need to help each other. So, and last leadership question: uh, What attributes do you think need, leaders need to excel at? You know, today and probably moving into the future. You know old management theory, Drucker, all these sorts of things, they were great for their time, but you know, starting to wonder if they're relevant. What what do you see for leaders excelling at these days or need to excel at? I'm going to refer to uh, to another article. In fact, I just this was in September, an article that was in the Wall Street Journal. It is worth a read. And and the, the title was What Good Leadership Looks Like Now Versus Pre-COVID. Right. The pandemic has changed the essential qualities displayed by leaders uh, of the best run companies. So I think, you know, things have changed dramatically over the last couple of years. And, and this study was conducted by uh, the consulting for, uh, firm Corn uh, Ferry. Corn Ferry, yep, yep. Yeah, so uh, it looked at the shifting behaviours and, you know, across, you know, across multiple businesses. And while this was a North American study, it really resonated, I think, globally. And they looked at they looked at studies of um, and, uh, traits and competencies of leaders pre-COVID and today, and traits being obviously personal characteristics uh, and competencies being observable skills that can be you know naturally or honed or developed over time with experience. And what was really interesting, Mike, was you know we talk about what are the you know you, you're asking what the attributes that, yeah. that you know need, leaders need today to excel. You look at the traits that uh, that really haven't changed much before uh, pre-COVID and today, and and their top five was tolerance of uh, ambiguity, adaptability, risk taking, and open to differences and trust. And then that was in 2020, and and in 2022, it was tolerance of ambiguity, trust, curiosity, which really was open to differences, risk taking, and adaptability. So. So, um, so the traits really, from a leadership point of view and personal characteristics, remained the same. Yeah. What changed substantially, and this is what really, you know, I, I think goes to the heart, you know, heart of your question, was the competencies. So, back in 2020, it was builds effective teams, drives engagement, communicates effectively, collaborates, and cultivates innovation. And you go. In 2020, 2022, you go, yeah, they, they exist, but but not as the top five. In 2022, it's global perspective, manages ambiguity, uh, interpersonal savvy, collaborates and instills trust. And um, so if you look at the, wow. you know, the, the article, there's a strong link between, you know, the competencies and the fresh demands that the pandemic has demanded on leaders and and this is why I said, while this is a North American study, it, it's uh, I think it's very true globally. And uh, and if you just look at the global perspective, you, you know, um, you know, having you know the competency of global perspective, you mentioned it just before. Yeah, it's been become paramount for for leaders as we're all dealing with supply chain disruptions, yeah. um, the reduction of talent flow into Australia, and and what that has caused. You know all, all these all these issues that that we faced is is 
as a result that uh, you know we we've all had to think more global you know perspective on things and yeah geopolitical environment and uh, you know what what's happening in Asia Pacific let alone you know Ukraine Russia yeah no for sure and just for people listening in what was the article or what was the paper again from the was it the Wall Street yes yeah, so it's the Wall Street Journal yeah. and what good leadership looks like now versus pre COVID okay uh, so summary of the Corn Ferry uh, survey to come out so. I think that you know it just shows what uh, you know. You talked before about the escalation and, and advancement of COVID has had. You know when we talked about Bernard Salt's uh, key areas of uh, focus for business. I think leadership is uh, you know what we've had to deal with and the uncertainty you know of what we faced you know almost three years ago now is and and where we all sit today. You know they'll be writing books about this for the next hundred years. I'm sure. Yeah, no, t- totally agree. And I think that's a really, really good note to finish on. So, uh, Mark, uh, really appreciate your time. I think you know, the feedback we're getting is that these here from Elite Sessions, um, uh, yeah, really um, getting good feedback anyway. I hope I can add some value. <laughs> Yeah, no, 100% people are in the field. So I'd like to thank Mark Dingley, CEO of Matthews Australasia. Uh, Appreciate your time. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening. If you want to connect with me, you can find my website at bcag.net.au. Twitter sign is Michael Burke 173, as is my LinkedIn address is also Michael Burke 173. You can also connect directly at mburke, that's M-B-U-R-K-E, at bcag.net.au. Also, love it if you could rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. And thanks very much for listening and see you next time.